and Sex and Sensuality, the podcast, where we speak what your dirty mind thinks. We are here every Monday night at 9 p.m. chatting about tantalizing topics that most won't dare say aloud. Hello, hello, and welcome to Sex and Sensuality, the podcast where we speak what your dirty mind thinks. I am your lovely host, Miss Mika Nicole, and today, guys, we have my lovely wife, Chase Alford, sitting in because we couldn't get our co-host on today, um, Gigi or Tavi, so we have Chase filling in. Chase, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Hello, podcast land. Well, it's always a pleasure talking with you. You know, guys, Chase and I used to do videos back in the day. So I'm always trying to convince her to get back on video or podcast with me. (laughs) So I'm so thankful I was able to convince her for this time. So you guys are in for a treat as usual when it comes to Chase and her, her style of talking. So... Let's get down to it. Oh, and let me tell y'all guys, let me give y'all one little disclaimer. So Chase bought me two birds yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And there is a big possibility you may hear birds in the background. They started chirping as soon as I started talking. So in case you hear some chirp, chirp, just know we do have some pet birds, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I just had to get that out all right so our discussion today is centered around the things that you all should think about when it comes to dating we have so many things that we don't think about you know a lot of the times we're focused on if they're attractive how much money they're making um you know is the sex good all this other kind of stuff we're not as focus on those things that are important, such as what do they value about life? How do they react to certain situations? What were they like in previous relationships? How are they around the house when it comes to taking care of things around the house? Like when you think about like being with a man, some women want a man that is handy, right? That can do certain things, but we don't think about that a lot of the times when we're dating. It's just Everything is so much fun. We're having a good time. And then we only think about these types of things when we're actually living with the person or married to them. And then boundaries is a huge one and attraction to others. So we're going to dive into that today. Chase, when you think about core values and dating, tell me some of your thoughts. Core values? Well, I think I like to start with intention. Mm. Right. Because I think when you're dating, uh, that's the first thing you need to decide. Why are you dating? Are you dating because you want a relationship? Are you dating because you're just bored? You want some companionship? What is your reasoning for uh, seeking the attention of the same sex or opposite sex? I know when I was dating, my intention for a while was just to have fun and have somebody to hang out with that was like minded. But as time progressed, I really wanted a relationship and a family. So the way I dated was completely different. 
Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I think you're right. That's the very first thing, right? We should talk about our intentions. Are we dating just because we're just out here hanging out, having a good time? Or are we dating, like you said, to build a family, to buy a house, to build a life with someone? And I think even thinking about intention, that can play into values, right? Because if you value just having fun and partying more so than actually settling down and living and, and, you know, and building a life, then you're, you're, you're not dating with the intent for, you know, what this other person is dating for, like what you just said, that person wouldn't be dating for looking for a husband or a wife. They're dating just to have a good time. So you're right. Yeah. I think people, I think a lot of times people, mash everything together right mm-hmm. like you're you're out somewhere maybe a, a bar or a club or a park or wherever you are and you see somebody you may be attracted to you begin to talk to them and forget your intentions sometimes you know mm. it's just like well I just I wasn't expecting to meet this person I mm. you know, I like them or they seem like they would be fun to hang out with and then later on down the line that turns into something completely different maybe something yeah. sexual and I think intention gets forgotten a lot of times mm. you know mm. that is true and then we kind of miss out on different red flags because our intention has right. been forgotten like we know that we were dating with the intent for marriage but we're just having so much fun with this other person and then we start seeing little things that they do that we don't like, but because we're enjoying the sex or we're enjoying the fun or whatever they're providing us in the moment, we kind of ignore those things, not realizing or ignore those things, not paying attention to the fact that they're not going to be able to give us what our original intention was. Right. And that brings me to accountability. That makes me think about accountability. I've had several talks with guys um, at the shop and with this whole Roe versus Wade and abortion thing going on, we have a lot of talks about pregnancy and about sex and intimacy. And I just don't see a lot of accountability on the guy's behalf. It's it's mm-hmm. a lot of them putting it on the woman. But my stance is it's, it's both parties' responsibility mm-hmm. when you're dating or when you meet someone to discuss what you want to happen. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're so busy with the smoke screen of, of beauty or them being handsome that you forget to ask important and pertinent questions before you lay down with them. Oh, my goodness. That is so true, because then you end up pregnant. And now this guy is like, well, I don't want a child. And then she's like, but I'm pregnant now. What do we do? Oh, gosh, it's such a horrible situation to put yourself in. So that that's one of the first things you should talk about is, again, like we said, your intention, which I'm glad you brought it up, Chase. And then what happens if these different scenarios happen? Like, okay, well, what if we're having sex and I end up pregnant? What are we going to do? Or, you know, how are we going to protect ourselves? What are your thoughts about having a child? Do you even want a child? And if they don't want a child. I was going to say, oh, what if you get an STD? Oh, yeah. What if you get an STD? How do y'all address that? Listen, if you can't have a simple conversation about what your goals are and what your sex practices are, do you go to a doctor? What's your doctor's name? Mm. I've spoken with people when I was dating before that didn't know their doctor's name. So you're not going to the doctor then. 
Yeah. You know what? That's so important. And that ties into reactivity because how does a person react to certain situations that can tell you a lot about their character and what they are intending for you and whatever y'all got going on, right? So like if you, like you said, what if you get an STD and this person is like, well, you didn't get it from me, but it's like, but you're the only one I've been having sex with. You're not even, you're reacting in a, you're reacting in a defensive way as opposed to reacting in a solution-based way of, well, you know what, let's go to the doctor. Let's both get checked. Let's handle this as a mature, responsible adult. Because we made a choice together to lay down and have sex with each other. And it's a true possibility. One or the other could give each other an STD. One person can get the other person pregnant. So that is so important. I'm glad that you brought all of that up because we don't think these things through when we're dating. We're just like, I'm just trying to find someone. But you want to find someone that has your same values or at least similar values. And even if they don't have the same values, at least they have integrity when it comes to their values. Right. Correct. Like, one thing I value, which when I think about us, is I value financial security in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so when Chase and I were dating, Chase, I done told y'all this story a couple of times. So I'm sure some of y'all listening have heard the story, but she would spend money freely. And I'm like, she just spend money up here. I'm like, I don't think I can be with somebody who just spends, spends, and spends. I was looking at it as irresponsibility, not financially responsible and not financially stable. So I'm just like, uh, uh-uh, we can't be together because I know my plans, my intent for dating was the same thing, right? To build a family. I know I wanted a house. I know I wanted to be able to take care of my child. If we have children, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. And I had other future. So, you assumed. so mm-hmm. I assume I didn't have the comp. I assume, but I also assumed and had the conversation because I said, to her, <laughs> I said, well, I don't know about you, you know, with all this money you spending. And so she was able to talk to me and show me, you know, like, no, I'm, my bills are paid. I just, I'm spending my extra. I also got savings. I have this and I have that. No, I'm financially responsible, but I had to have that conversation. If I assumed mm. and did not have a conversation, we wouldn't have been together. And I had to be receptive. I had That's to be true. open to discuss it because That's at that right. point we were, we were just really kicking it. Sometimes people just try to be too cool. Mm-hmm. Don't be too cool to have a conversation. Like I was completely open with her and saying, look, I don't mind showing you I'm running my business and I'm taking care of my household at the same time. I wouldn't be able to do yeah. this if I wasn't responsible, but I wasn't too cool to say, oh man, mind your business. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm just enjoying myself. Why are you even worried <laughs> about what I'm spending or what I have going on? And I, I could have been that way, but yeah. I didn't want you to have that vision of me, you know, and I I feel like I could have missed out on this great relationship had I been closed off and had I been sheltering you from things. And I wanted to always be open with you from the beginning, because those types of conversations, you shouldn't wait till later. As soon as possible, you should be talking about finances and what your idea of an ideal relationship is and, and where 
you feel like your partner should fit in in the grand scheme of things and, and where you fit in. I had a little coughing fit, but you're Uh-oh. right. I agree. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. But you're right. I agree with you on that. And that goes back to when we were talking about reactivity, right? So I just want to kind of give y'all a quick rundown about reactive patterns. So a lot of people, you're going to have a different way of you react to different situations, right? We all do it. We have some people that's going to react defensively, some people that's going to react and they're going to put you, instead of them taking responsibility, they want to put the blame on someone else. But a person who has good reactive patterns, such as just like you said, Chase, you could have reacted and been like, well, no, you don't need to be in my business about my finances and you must be a gold digger or you this or you that. You know, it could have turned out to something different, but it showed that she had a mature reactive response. So people who have like good reactive responses or are aware and take responsibility for their own actions and their own feelings, they will say things like, well, this kind of situation is challenging for me. So I know that I need to whatever, right? Or they may say, I get upset when I see or when I hear such and such and such. I haven't yet found a way to work through that. Or I want to be able to be very present um, for you, but but things are very tough for me right now. And this is what I need, or this is how I can be present with you. Another one is, I have a trigger around, let's just say they may be triggered. Like maybe that could have triggered you, Chase. So it could have been like, well, you know what? I feel very triggered when somebody asks me about my finances because someone took advantage of me before. The point is being able to talk about how you feel as opposed to reacting with your feelings. Do you kind of get what I'm saying, Chase? Yeah, I think a major part of that is being mindful and being present. Mm-hmm. You know, not responding to things according to what you've experienced in the past, but recognizing the person that you are in front of. I agree. Recognize the person that you're in front of. And then if you notice someone reacting in anger just because you may have said, hey, babe, I'm feeling a little down today. And then now they're angry <laughs> because you mm-hmm. said you felt a little down. That may not be a person that's for you. You want to watch how people react towards you and your emotions and your needs and or boundaries that you set, because that tells you a lot about their character and whether this person is someone you actually want to try to move forward with. I agree. I definitely agree with that. You definitely don't want to get with someone who is quick to anger and then get in a relationship with them and you you expect them to be calm, cool, calm, and collective when things come up. It was very important for me to have several different types of experiences with you, Mika, when we first started dating Mm -hmm. so that I could just really assess what type of person you were. Uh, You know, they call it U-Haul lesbians. You know, when you date for two days, then you move in on the third day. Yeah. (laughs) And then by the fifth day, you're broken up. (laughs) There's never really an adequate amount of time (laughs) for different experiences to really assess if you want to be with someone when you do that. So yeah, I think taking, yeah. just taking your time and really paying attention to the person. How are they with their family? Are mm-hmm. they with their friends? If they have a business, how is that going? What types of things do they say about their coworkers? Mm. You know, are they someone that's like, like we said, quick to anger? Are they someone who is passive? 
passive aggressive? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. How do they communicate with you? What's their body language like? What's their posture when they're out? That's true. That's those are good points. And then you know, going back to what you said about having those different types of of experiences, a lot of people don't know. Like Chase and I dated for like what two years. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. two whole years. That's the longest I've ever dated anybody. <laughs> whole years, like it was a long two whole years. <laughs> it's a long time in lesbian land, like because right. just like you said, it's it's a quick. Oh, I met you. I like you. Oh, we moving in together. We having kids. We doing this. We doing that. It's just, it's a mess. And then it's over just as fast as it it started, you know. But two years is a long time to date somebody and take your time with them. I mean, we dated other people. We dated each other. So that gave us a chance to get to know each other and really honestly decide, is this the person we want to be with? Because we dated other people too. I will say that with you, I was the most patient. I was the most patient. Yeah, yeah. By the time I met you, I had been through so much and I had been hurt so many times that I really didn't want to rush. And Mm -hmm. I didn't want to give you a title. I didn't want you to give me a title. I just kind (laughs) of wanted us to be one long run on sentence. (laughs) (laughs) And that's exactly what we were, but that's okay. It it worked out how it was supposed to. And I'm thankful for that because I think had we moved even quicker, it probably, we probably wouldn't be where we are today. Honestly, I really don't. I don't think we would be there. So this goes into something else that we were talking about earlier. Like one of the other things to look for is how they talk about their past relationships, right? A lot of the times people love to put the blame of what went wrong in their last relationship or previous relationships on the other people. Just like you said, Chase, you didn't want to do things the same way you have done in the past, right? So you took some responsibility for some of the things that you didn't do right, obviously, in your past relationships. And that's what a person who is mature and they want to take, like they have self-responsibility and awareness they examine their own faults, right? Because that's the only thing, we can only change ourselves. We can't change anyone else. So when you leave a past relationship, you should be examining, well, you know, what did I do wrong in that relationship? How can I be better for my next relationship based on the last relationship, you know, or the last few relationships? My answer to that, when I first got out of my past relationship was, I'm going to be a hoe. (laughs) I would be a hoe no no honestly I was so hurt that I I was saying to myself I would never be in another relationship I'm just going to be out here doing me not taking anything too serious and I'm thankful that I had that period and I took my time Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I got it out of my system that Mm -hmm. was just me speaking from pain that's not Mm -hmm. who I really wanted to be and right, I'm, I'm right. thankful that I didn't do the whole rebound thing and just get right back into another relationship or immediately start dating. I was single for a while, yeah. you know, before before I even started meeting other women after my breakup because I needed that time to process what had just happened. That was a long term relationship, and the relationship before that one was a long term relationship. So I didn't want when I met you, I didn't want to continue that cycle or that pattern of getting out out of a relationship and getting back in. I think that's good. 
And I think that you did a great thing by being able to do that. So I hope that y'all hear what she said about being able to take responsibility for what happened in her last relationship. But I do think, like you said too, Chase, that in the beginning, that it is hard, right? It is hard to not focus on what the other person did wrong. Because that's usually what we do. It's like, well, he shouldn't have did this or she shouldn't have said that. And then we would have still been together. But, you know, after a while, you do have to sit back and reflect on, these are some things that I could do better for me. If you're dating someone and all they're talking about is what their ex did wrong, that may be a bit red flag. Because that shows you that they haven't taken a chance, taken the time to self-examine and they may not be prepared to move forward into a new relationship because it, it's, you know, it's going to always be two, except for in the case of, you know, severe abuse. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, relationships end because it's both people making poor choices. Yeah. You know what I realized from my previous relationship? During that time, I realized that I wasn't paying attention in the beginning when we were dating. I I was not paying attention. And when people tell you who they are, believe them. When people tell you what they want, think that you can change them or you're going to be special and it's going to be different with you. It's not. And I just kept pushing, pushing, pushing and ended up in a relationship with somebody who initially really didn't want one with me, you know? And so moving forward, when I dated after that, you know, that's something that I really thought about, you know, Chase, at the end of the day, you can sit here and say X, Y, Z happened in a relationship, but really you play a big part in that. And a a lot of things that happened was my Mm -hmm. fault because I didn't do the work. I started out all wrong and it expected the relationship to go how I wanted it to go. And that wasn't fair. Mm. You know, so that's why the way we date in the beginning is very important. Paying attention mm. in the beginning is very important. Yeah, that is so true. That is so true. So I'm reading a list because this is a, I do a lot of work, of course, as a therapist. Of course, I'm going to have a private practice. So I don't know why I just said it like that. But anyway, the point is that. <laughs> Some therapists put together some things that couples go through, right, in relationships and that they probably should pay attention to in the beginning. And one of the things uh, one of the therapists put out was housework, right? And housework, I feel, is very important. (laughs) But I think that you have to be on the same page. A lot of couples, believe it or not, find that as their most argumentative area of their relationship isn't that crazy Jay? housework like cleaning yes housework it's one of the top three areas of conflict i could see how that could be a problem for a couple that were both of them are busy and neither of them feel like they have the time to dedicate to it I can see where you could get in an argument about it. I'm thankful we don't have that problem. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm so thankful we don't have that problem. I've, and when I tell you, when I look at the conflict that people go through regarding housework, I've seen it so many times in the man 
or the man or the more dominant partner in the relationship, whether it's a male male relationship or a female female relationship, if they're doing most of the work outside of the home, they're expecting their partner to be the one to take care of the home, right? To all the housework, make sure that meal is made. And they still have those things. That thought process is still today. It's a very heteronormative view of heteronormative and patriarchal, uh, I think that's the word, view of how women, you know, women should be in the house. Right. Listen, but this, now, is the, this is not the 1930s. <laughs> it's not the 1930s. And that's what I was getting ready to say. Like women are working more now. So we don't have a lot of time to just sit around cleaning up. One of my solutions and the solution that we have in our household is hire a maid, child, hire a housekeeper and call it a day. Don't allow that to be such a big point of contention within your relationship that you can't have a happy relationship. Most of the time, if if you have the finances, you can hire a maid, a, a housekeeper that can mm-hmm. even come, even if it's once every two weeks or once a month, just to help get some of those chores and tasks done around the house so that you're not allowing yourself to stick in this place of, of discontentment over housework. Because you it's know really what the not cheapest, that serious. Listen, mm-hmm. you know what the cheapest and easiest solution to that is? If you pick something up, put it down where you picked it up from. Yeah. If you, yeah. If you use a dish, wash a dish. It's not that hard. You know, if after you eat your food, clearly you're going to take it to the sink. Why not wash it? Why would you just sit, sit the bowl or the cup down? Just wash it while you're standing there. Then it, there won't be a mess. Then you won't have to pay for a housekeeper because everyone is doing their part. And you can have a well-oiled machine if you work together and take your pride and your ego out of it. You know, it's not, sometimes Mika cleans up, sometimes I clean up. Sometimes I do some heavy lifting and take the trash out. Sometimes Mika grabs a bag and take the trash out. It's not that serious. We have right. bigger things to focus on mm-hmm. other than who is leaving their drawers on the floor? <laughs> who's going to, you know, who's going to wash the clothes? Right. It, there's other things you can focus on. <clears throat> that is so true. And I had said to, I told Chase at the very beginning that I don't wash anybody's clothes except for my own. And I'm going to tell you why I don't do it because I'm lazy. I do it because <laughs> I don't always know what, I don't feel confident in washing other people's stuff. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mess up nothing. I don't want the water to be too hot, too cold. I don't want to fade anything, shrink anything. So I just feel like that's your own thing. You know how you want your clothes washed and dry. So you just wash your own clothes. I wash exactly. my own clothes and I wash the baby clothes and I call it a day. And then, like you said, sometimes you clean up. Sometimes I clean up. Chase do most of the cleaning up in here. But, and I don't <laughs> have a problem admitting that <laughs> because last night, I'll tell you a quick story. Last night, she was looking for the broom. And so she's like, where's the broom? (laughs) And then then I don't even know what made me say this. But I was like, girl, I don't know what that broom is. You know, I don't do much cleaning around here. (laughs) (laughs) And I couldn't find it because that's the one time you actually touched the broom and you didn't put it back where it goes. (laughs) So that's funny. Really? Probably you're right because I I brought it up here to sweep. But so it's like you just 
if you touch something, pick it up, put it back where it belongs, call it a day, clean up after yourself. We're all grown. We're not kids around here. So pick up after mm-hmm. yourself. If you dirty a dish, wash it. it it's, it's just life is much more simpler than the way we make it. And we just have to remember, we probably saw an idea of how our parents were growing up. But honey, we don't live in those times anymore. And half the time, you you don't really know what's going on in a relationship with your parents anyway. Oh, that is so true. You only see glimpses of of what your parents' relationship is. You're not there 24-7. You don't know what conversations they had. And, you know, uh, the structure of your family should be what you create. Not what someone else created 40, 50 years ago. That's why we should yeah. be talking and having a, the important conversations when we're dating. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you have to have those important conversations because you now have the power to build the relationship that you want. You have the power to build the culture within your relationship, you know, Absolutely. that you want. And it and it can look different from your parents or from your grandparents. And that's OK, because we are living in different times. So we have different needs, different expectations than back in those days. So, well, the last two real quick. Attraction to others. So it says there are many wonderful people on the planet, which is true. And so you will notice that your partner may find someone else attractive. Does that mean like, oh, my God, he or she's cheating on me? No, it means that they have eyes and they can (laughs) see clearly see that someone else is attracted it's what they will do with that attraction that is the issue so are they finding them attractive and trying to seek them and get their number or are they just finding someone else attractive like oh hey yeah she's cute he's he's hot or whatever and they move it on about their business that's the difference and i tell people all the time i'm sure jay see a lot of attractive women walking up in the barbershop with their sons or husbands or whoever and it is what it is. I'm sure they had a little barbershop talk, you know. Of course. We got she looked hot. She said We got a whole <laughs> runway. <laughs> right. Exactly. That long little runway with people walking up to you. So it's it's just like, I mean, that sidewalk where people walking up to the barbershop or walking past the barbershop, it happens. I don't think, I think too many people put emphasis on that. And a lot of times I think that comes from their own insecurities their own confidence issues. I feel like if you're very confident in who you are as an individual and what you're bringing to the table, what who they find attractive shouldn't be an issue. Now, if they're doing something with that attraction, that's the problem. Right. I agree. I uh-huh. agree. I, I think you should be able to enjoy your life and not live in a box just because you're in a relationship with someone. And I think that a lot of relationships fail there. And I, yeah. I really feel like people fail themselves by mm-hmm. pretending. Don't pretend That's like true. you don't see an attractive person. It, it's you're human. <laughs> you have eyes, right? right. <laughs> you know, but I just uh, it's just unfortunate that some people feel like they have to put on a facade or be mm-hmm. a certain way to have a partner or to have a marriage. And yeah. it's unfortunate that. Sometimes a, a spouse or a partner will put that negative energy on someone if they find someone else attractive. Like deal yeah. with your deal with your own demons, deal with your own trauma. Don't put that energy on people to make yeah. them feel 
they have to hide and they have to, you know, snivel around you or walk on eggshells um, right. just to be in a relationship with you. That doesn't feel good. Like I never, Mika, I never wanted you to feel like you have to live in a box to be with me. Mm. I want you to be just as free, if not even more free with me. Yeah, and we definitely give that to each other. So, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, we may have that conversation with you guys one day. Okay, <laughs> so the, <laughs> the last one is um, boundaries. You know, I think maintaining boundaries in a relationship is so important, and also making sure that your partner respect your boundaries. Because, like, I'll give you a quick example when you're dating. And they tell you, hey, I'm going to come pick you up at 10 p.m. on Thursday night for our date, right? 10 p.m. is kind of late already, but I'm just giving y'all that time. So you get ready. You're getting dressed. They call you at, I mean, you're waiting and you're waiting. Now it's 1130 at night. And you're like, I haven't heard from you. I've texted you. I've called you. You respond. And then the next day, the next day you hear from them, they was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I fell asleep. To no. me, Mm-mm. what? Yeah, Mm-mm. right? That's not <laughs> respecting your boundaries. That's not respecting your time boundaries, right? Because 10 p.m. is already late. You also have planned for this date. You probably canceled some other plans. I don't know. Or you probably could have been doing something else at 10 p.m. on that Thursday night. And they did not show up. They didn't call you. That lets you know right then and there, they're not respectful of time. And if it happens and it keeps happening again and again and again, you have to make a choice to say, you know what? You're not very respectful of my time and how I like to spend my time. So I don't know if we can move forward with dating because that is a boundary. That should be a boundary for all of us, right? Yes. That's the most disrespectful thing you could do to me is play with my time. Yeah, that's a big one for me, too, because time is so short. And I put everything on a calendar because <laughs> if I don't right. have it on the calendar, it's not getting done. So if I don't schedule you in for 10 p.m. on a Thursday night, that means <laughs> I know for sure I could have been submitting some claims. You know, I could have been writing right, some right. notes for my clients. I could have been doing something. It's the excuses for me. I went through that several times when I was dating and I, I couldn't stand it. That's an immediate cutoff for me. You don't have one time to play with me like that. Yeah, because I, I have so much other stuff going on, mm-hmm. and for me to take my time out to spend time with you and, and for you to play with it and give me a oh, I'm always late, <laughs> or you know, yeah. my bad. I don't want to hear my bad. Yeah, I don't want. And maybe yeah. it's the ex-military in me. I don't. I don't know, but it's know, definitely the military in you, that, from my experience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get anxiety. You know, I get anxiety waiting. I need yeah. to be, I, I'm going to be on time for you. I'm going to respect <laughs> an appointment that I have with you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I just think that it shows a lack of integrity when, you know, someone doesn't show up. Yeah, that's true. You don't have that's you true. don't have integrity to me and I don't want to be with somebody like that. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if you make a commitment and that's something, you know, you always remind me of too, babe is when you make a commitment to do something, just try your best to honor that commitment. And if something truly comes up emergency-wise, call that person and say to them, hey, I apologize, this has come this have come up. 
Is there any way we could do some type of rain check or whatever so that at least they know your intent? Because if you don't say anything, then they don't think your intent was to ghost them the whole time. Right. I was going to say a a big sign of that is those elaborate excuses. Mm. You know, my grandmama called me and then then my tire (laughs) popped and now I'm on the side of the road and I'm waiting on AAA, but I ain't paid AAA last month. So (laughs) So they take it a long time. And it's it's like you done made up all of this instead of just being (laughs) honest and saying, well, you know, I didn't want to go or I changed my mind or whatever. Right. Be honest. Okay. so. Some of the things that you may want to ask if you're trying to identify how how someone respects boundaries or set boundaries, some of these questions are, how do you handle hearing no to a request? Oh my God, that's a big one. A lot of people, they don't respect boundaries when they hear no. So that's (laughs) huge. You have to be able to tell someone no and they respect your no. Other one, how do you say no to requests? That's another one which kind of leads you to understand how they choose to set boundaries and enforce them. Because sometimes you can set a boundary, that person can set a boundary, but even though they set the boundary, they don't necessarily enforce the boundary because they're afraid to tell someone no, or they're afraid to let someone else down, or they may, it may show you that they are people pleasers. And we can go into that another time. How do you decide what you say yes too, which is a very good question because you can't say yes to everything. We think we have to, but we don't have to. What do you do when someone else is pressuring you? That's a really good question to ask because how do they handle the pressure? I mean, I'm the type of person, you know, I was in school. I ain't give in to peer pressure. People would try, but I'm like, no, that ain't me. And either you're going to respect it or not. And it is what it is. But some people give in to peer pressure, whether it's as an adult or as a teenager, they give in to peer pressure. So how do you yeah. handle pressure? Oh, man, I hate saying no. I don't even like saying no to you and Dakota. It's, it's very <laughs> it's, it's very difficult for me to say no, because there aren't many instances where I need to, even at work or with my friends. You know, it's I don't know. I just don't. Things aren't that serious for me. I'm like, hey, sure, if I got time, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to stand by my word and that's that. But I think sometimes it's good to say no just so people get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to say no, too, because I had a hard time. I get where you're coming from. I had a hard time being able to say no. But I had to remind myself that sometimes I deserve to say no and it's okay. I always would try to be there, do something, do this, do that. But then I'm like, I don't have to do it all the time. I don't have to be the only one to say yes to every single thing that's going on because it may be something else I want to do with my time, you know, or my money or my space or whatever that I can't do because I said yes to you. You know what I'm saying? There definitely has to be balance. Yeah. There has to be Yeah, there has to be balance and I get it, man. Um, I can be very passive when it when it comes to no sometimes. And I recognize that about myself. And um, I had to start asking myself, how do you feel saying yes right now, Chase? <laughs> if, you, if you say yes, are you going to do it with attitude? Or are you going to mm-hmm. be positive and, and happy doing it? 
And because sometimes, and, and you've even mentioned that to me before, where you'd be like, well, why you even say yeah if you was going to be grunting and making noises, <laughs> you know? Right. Like if, you, if you're and not going to have a good attitude. <laughs> I didn't recognize that that's what I was doing. And I felt like I was, you know, my yes was was a, a sure yes, but in those moments, it wasn't a sure yes. So yeah. I had to mm. check myself on that and say, you know what? If you're not sin- sincerely wanting to do this thing or, you know, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it don't it make sense, though? It's like, if I'm going to tell you yes, I want to tell you yes with my whole heart. I don't want to half-heartedly tell you yes. And even if I'm half-heartedly telling you yes, I don't want you to see my half-heart yes. You know, <laughs> I don't want right. you to see that I really meant no. Because it ain't no fun for you. Yeah, it's no fun for you or the other person because now the other person is going to feel like they are receiving something from you out of obligation, not because you necessarily wanted to do it. And now they have to deal with the attitude and the frustration, you know, so it could be very hard, but I'm glad that you recognize that and listen to me on that. <laughs> I did because it was hard. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> I don't, I'm stubborn. I don't want to listen sometimes, but I do recognize where that could cause bigger issues in our relationship. And so I had to be accountable, man. I had to check myself. Shoot. Well, you ain't had no problem telling me no <laughs> last night because I was like, babe, I want this big old breakfast. <laughs> oh, pfft. You was like, girl, I'm trying to watch this movie. Go and make your breakfast. I love you. You know, I always have your back, but I'm not getting you know no make breakfast today. It was hard, though. I'm not going to lie. That was, I felt like that was one of the rare times that I said no. And I was, I was dead ass serious. I'm not yes, making my pancakes right. I was tired <laughs> and I wasn't getting up. So I was proud of myself on that. Because and, a lot of times I won't say no because I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want you to be upset with me. I don't want to feel like our night or our day is going to be ruined because I said no. So I won't say no a lot of times, but that time I was dead ass. <laughs> yes, you were. And I was so, but but also what it showed you too, though, is that I respected your no. I just went on in the kitchen Wash the dishes and I made my big old breakfast on my own. Did I not? You sure, you sure did. You handled and that. And I even offered you some. <laughs> you sure did save me a little piece of pancake. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, guys, what we're saying is that we make it sure that you recognize how somebody responds to your no in our situation and then recognize how the person sets their own boundaries. Because if they're not setting their own boundaries and if they're not enforcing those boundaries, it can cause the relationship. It can cause strife into the relationship. Just like we said, it could cause a bigger issue. Had she gotten up and started grunting, then now we're going to be arguing about her not being happy about getting up to cook me this meal. And it's like, well, then why did you get up in the first place? So mm-hmm. and then if I didn't respect her no, then I'm arguing at her talking about, well, I can't believe you won't get up and cook me a breakfast. Like, that don't make good sense, right? So making sure you recognize how people set boundaries, enforce boundaries, and respect boundaries. That is just so important in when you're dating someone. So <laughs> the last quick one is 
asking them, what do you share and not share with your close friends, co-workers? Because <laughs> a lot of people don't want you talking about your relationship outside of the household, you know, or don't want you talking oh, yeah. about finances or very personal stuff with your friends and with, with your co-workers. So it's like, I need to know, are you that type of person? I mean, not literally, because I don't really care what Chase talks about as long as she has somebody to vent to and talk to that she could trust. And that is not going to treat me like crap. I don't yeah. care. You know, that's her business. Pretty, I think we pretty much been an open book our entire relationship, though. That's true. You know, it's not really much that people don't know about us. And for me, I'm not a gossiper. I'm going to talk about myself and my life. I don't talk about other people. Yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. I don't, I don't have all the facts. So why am I sitting here and talk about you when I can talk about myself and what I got going on mm-hmm. that's relevant? You know, and I think sometimes sure. people talk about other people because they, they're they trying to be relevant, you know, with the grand scheme of things. Well, I, I feel like our life is the most fun, exciting thing to me yeah. to talk about. Like, I love my wife. I love my family. So when I share, I, I know that I'm sharing from good place. I'm not sharing out of malice or, or ill intent. I hope right. that we can touch people with our relationship and with our experiences. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, I hope you all have gotten something out of this today. This has been a great discussion. Now, you can join us on Tuesday nights at, oh, it is between like 8.30, 8.45 p.m. as we do lives recapping Monday night episodes. So we normally do them live on Mika Nicole. Alford Facebook page. So you could always go there and join us on the live to discuss all of this live with us and make sure that you are listening to our podcast and downloading the episodes on all major platforms, major streaming platforms. We are on iHeartRadio. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any of the ones that you could think of we are on. So we want to thank you, Chase, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to this is have this conversation so- with you. <laughs> thank you. It's been such a good discussion. And, and I really appreciate it. It just takes me back to our old days. I know. <laughs> Throwback Chase and Mika. <laughs> Throwback Chase and Mika. All right, guys. And if, oh, you know, speaking of that, if you ever want to listen to some of our old relationship videos, they are uploaded on youtube.com slash Division Avenue, the number one. So you can find us there if you want to listen to some of those episodes and chime in on your thoughts, because we we still go in there and monitor the comments and we uh, respond to them. So definitely take a peek at those videos if you ever get a chance. But we thank you all for joining Sex and Sensuality, the podcast where we speak what your dirty mind thinks. We hope that you all have a good night. Good night, guys. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Sex and Sensuality, the podcast.